Hello and welcome to Behind the Locked Door. Door? Doors? I forget if we're plural or not. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Um, a very professional podcast where we uh, uh, sometimes have no updates at all. Uh, I am Scott Paladin and I am working on a uh, scripted audio drama called It Takes a Wolf. And I'm Jack. I'm working on As in West, which is a spinoff of Unspeakable Distance. Also, I just checked it is doors plural. Doors. Okay, great. Yeah. <laughs> now we know. Okay, we'll we'll make it. We'll have We're really to put together today. Doors. Also, no Sam. So. <laughs> also, no Sam, and, and that's going to be the theme of this episode, which is that uh, <laughs> a, a, a lot of things happened, and we don't actually have any updates. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, so to start with mine, I was going to get a, a couple. I was hoping to get a thousand words done. I have written a thousand words. Nice. I have less finished work than when I started. <laughs> mm, it's like that sometimes. <laughs> yes, sometimes that is the case where you you I go in and I'm like, OK, this the stuff that I have, I I, I don't like I don't I, it's good. It's just not what I where I want to head. Well, so sometimes, I, had, I went back to a. Sometimes yeah. you don't know that until you write all thousand of yeah. those words and then you go, oh, these were not the thousand words that I want to proceed with, but it was still yes. an important exercise to have written them, I feel like. It, it's it's absolutely part of the process. Uh-huh. It's, you know, you have to write, 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 and then you go, oh, no, let me go back to the blank page. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so that's kind of where I'm at. I'm, I'm restructuring some stuff in the plot, trying to figure out some some broader things. Um, actually, I, I do have a, a subject I want to talk about later, but I, I also have a question I want to get your input on. Okay. Um, but first, let's let's see if you have an update. <laughs> <laughs> um, my update is that it has been like uh, very dense recording sessions for mm-hmm. Breathing Space this past yes. uh, couple of weeks. And yeah. the episode that I'm working on for that is almost completely recorded at this point. Awesome. So that's really most of what I've been spending my attention on. Plus, I'm a retail oh, yeah. worker and yesterday was Black Friday. So, you oh, know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. we're getting into that season where, uh, you know, sp- uh, free time is few and far between mm-hmm. for a lot of us. So I spent like my the entire in my entire Thanksgiving week was shot with cooking and family and all that. Yeah, stuff. totally. So, my in-laws uh, were in town it was a whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, and I know that that Sam, uh, when we were on last week, was saying mostly that he was going to be working on an audiobook. So I hope mm-hmm. that he got that done. Yeah, fingers crossed that happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we're 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 not on any deadlines here, so we can we can uh, languish a little bit in the fact that yeah. we don't we're not getting paid. <laughs> yeah, we're not getting paid, and it's the holidays. Like stuff mm-hmm. falls behind. Generally speaking, I yeah. did finally oh, yeah, clean sure. my whole apartment. That oh, was, that's nice. That that's, was a big win yeah. for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As you may or may not be able to see in the video behind me, my office is a complete disaster right now. Um, oh, yeah. I, I need to, I need to, I have this next week off. And one of the things I'm going to be doing between trying to get other creative stuff done is just cleaning and organizing and yeah. like 3D printing little things to hang stuff on the wall. And oh, all that there stuff, you go. So. Well, yeah, to be clear, cleaning my apartment, I'm making quote marks in there right now, yeah. uh, mostly means shoving everything unsightly into the office. So that's why the room yeah. behind me still looks like that because that's everything yeah, from that, the no, rest that's, of that the is, is here. That is a completely valid way to clean where you're uh-huh. just like, I'm going to take all of the things out of this room and put them in this other room. And then yeah. when I need that room to be clean, I'm going to take all of those things and I'm going to put them back in the first room. Mm-hmm. But maybe in a better valid. organizational way than they were before, maybe, hopefully. The, I was introduced recently to the idea of a doom pile, oh. which or, or something, which is literally didn't organize, only moved. 
which I, I really like. That. I'm like, it's a thing I've been doing my entire life. And I'm like, okay, Just, there's a giant pile of stuff here. I need the surface that that pile of stuff is on. Right. I do not have the bandwidth to do anything with it. So it's yeah. all just going to go in a box. And that box is now called a doom box. And mm-hmm. I will deal with it sometime. Some other time. <laughs> That's future me's problem. We're not worried about it right now. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. And it, it, and that may never happen. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. The, that pile may just move from place to place until you die. Yeah. And that's the way it is. Um, I actually do have a I want I want an outside input from somebody who's slightly somewhat familiar with this project. OK, I was um, so I'm, I've been like I said, I went back to literally back to a blank page. Um, not quite a blank page. I, I, I kept my very first line, which I think is a good first line. OK, so started again. And I was for structural reasons, it would be kind of cool to give a little bit of backstory for the main character and sort of the setting and uh, maybe to describe an inciting incident that might then be relevant later. So to have a little bit of, of story time at the beginning. Story time. But the, 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 I'm imagining this character alone in a room. And so the, that would mean the narrator would be telling the story. Like the character wouldn't be saying it aloud to someone. Okay. Which means that the very first, ep- the very first scene of the very first episode if I was to do that in that format, would be, I don't know, five, 10 minutes of just the first narrator talking. Mm. And then at some point we would get into the diegetic action of the of the of the in-universe things and we'd start hearing our main character actually speak aloud. But I am worried that spending so much time with just the narrator before I introduce the concept that the narrator and the speaking voice are different uh-huh. might throw people. And okay. I wanted to see I wanted to hear if you had any thoughts about that. Okay, so what you're proposing is only the narrator voice, whoever is playing mm-hmm. the, you, playing the narrator, yeah. speaking uninterrupted for five to ten minutes. Yeah, just to tell the story and give us to some tell information. tell the story basically. of uh, where yeah. we're starting. And then your second uh, actor playing the yeah. speaking aloud character voice speaks yeah. for the first time ten minutes in. Yeah. And we're yeah, supposed yeah, yeah. to somehow Whereas, connect like, ah, this is the same person now speaking. Exactly. Aloud. OK. In the in the first version of the script, it was really quick. I had like one paragraph of stuff and then it gets into the, you know, a person walks into the office and we start talking. OK. And I feel like that was quick enough that people would start to get the idea. And then once they're used to it, I don't feel like it'll be that bad. No, but it'll am, be like really clear as we go along, yeah. I'm sure. But I do feel yeah. like five to ten minutes of monologuing in a different voice and then. Yes being asked to intuit okay now this other different Mm -hmm. separate human is speaking but i am supposed to associate that voice with the character who was just monologuing at me for 10 minutes that might be a rougher uh yeah okay one to flag i feel like there are probably ways to do it but i don't know what they are that would still be like a clear read to the audience um yeah but i bet it's possible it's the um, the workaround that I was considering mm-hmm. was if you put somebody in the room, if they have a reason to be, if the person has a reason to be talking loud, yeah. then I can start using the interplay between these two voices and we can just start going back and forth pretty quickly. Um, but the moment at the, the 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 thing I'm thinking about is I don't know who that person would be right now. Sure. I, I, that's not how I had envisioned the scene. And so uh-huh. I'm going to have to kind of restructure that. Um, I, I, but if if you're also, if you understand the worry of it, then I think I... You know, you're not being oh, reassuring about it. So I have a me... thought, actually. Yeah, yeah, please do. Um, is this the type of setting where you could have uh, your main character recording themselves, like speaking into a some sort of recording device? Hmm, that's an excellent question. Uh, I think the that that tech 
that technologically that would work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we could, we could, I can fudge things a little bit. And mm-hmm. so that we could have tape recorders or something like that. That would, <laughs> that would be possible. The, I'm not sure that the main character is the kind of person to do that. Who would make like uh, an audio log or something. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. That being said, I wonder if I could, so I was thinking, have you, uh, have you seen the movie Lucky Number Slevin? No, I don't think so. Okay. Then, then this, the, the, I cannot make the an- analogy there. Um, you can make it for the, for the listeners. I just won't. Yeah. Understand it. There's a thing I call, there's a thing I think of as the Kansas City Shuffle, which is a thing from that movie, which is a kind of plot where um, it's a bit like a heist plot, a bit like a, a crime, uh, not a, a, a crime plot, you know, where there's big, you know, baddies going around and stuff. And then you mm-hmm. find out most of the way through the plot, like 45%, not 45, like 75% of the way through, you find out that you, a bunch of information about our main character, that this was all orchestrated by them, right? Oh, okay. That this right. was all an elaborate setup. And that while the, the, that the uh, main character hasn't necessarily been truthful to the audience this whole time, that like backstory things that they said may be false and all that things. Mm. And that, that, once you reveal that information, you're like, oh, okay, the entire plot of this makes sense. This whole big confusing mystery comes together from this one idea. <laughs> That's funny. Um, okay, so does this movie take place in Kansas City? Because I'm from Kansas no, City and I should watch it if it, that's the case. It's it's in New York, actually. You oh. should watch it. You'd love it. Okay. Um, I, 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 can, I know enough about your taste, Jack, that you'd love this movie. Okay, um, it is a super sharp script Okay. Um, where you can tell the writer is having a lot of fun with the dialogue. Mm, okay. Um, and it's a it's a pretty solid uh like like it has the taste of a heist movie even though it isn't exactly a heist movie okay um and uh oh what's his name the main guy is really cute um <laughs> Josh something I feel like my ass is being put on blast right now uh it's got Lucy Liu being absolutely adorable and oh, Josh great. Hartnett also being very cute okay um, okay I'm gonna write down the name of this movie what's it called yeah it's called Lucky Number Slevin Slevin. Yep, like uh, the word seven, but with an S in there. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You, I know enough about your about your taste to say that you'd like this movie. Okay, um, great. But anyway, so that being said, it would be uh, within the realm of possibility for this character to have an unseen co-conspirator or a co-conspirator whose identity is not revealed mm, okay. early, and so possibly I could have them talking to that person and then just hide the identity of that person from audience well yeah conveniently Um, we're not gonna see this person with our eyeballs so yes there can be another voice in the room and we can just be uh yeah yeah. sort of proceeding vibes unaffected with the (laughs) knowledge that someone else is in the room but we don't know who it is at this point in time yeah 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 um or it could be there's there's options there um also the idea is if i if i'm using the speaking voice Mm -hmm. then that character, that voice can lie really easily oh, to yeah. the audience. <laughs> if, the, if, the, if the person says it aloud and it is not true, uh-huh. that feels a little different than if the narrator was to straight up lie to us. Yes, so that gives so. me some flexibility. Okay. So that sounds like it's worth doing to restructure things to make sure that I have that um, Or to do like that uh, there. some and, insertions between the yeah. narration you've already got planned. Yeah, it was really interesting when I was starting to starting to write this. I didn't realize how much the two character, the two voices, were going to kind of argue with each other. A little I bit. love like that. they're not directly addressing not not addressing each other, but like the the narrator will burst in and like make comments on the things that the character says aloud, which I love is really that. cool. I love um, that. Yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting. I was like, I was not expecting to do that, but it's have fine. you played Disco uh, Elysium, Scott? I have played Disco Elysium, okay. and it definitely has Disco Elysium vibes. The there energy definitely is some, reminding me yeah. of that. Yeah, it's it's a hundred percent. Yeah. I did not engage with that 
with that uh, game the way that I saw the rest of the culture, like mm. the the online community really go absolutely nuts for it. Uh-huh. Um, I like it. It's be- There's things I really, really like about it. It just didn't, something about it didn't strike me the same way. I, yeah, that's fair. But I can tell it's like technically super cool and I really, really like it and the world building. Like there's, I can I have nothing but praise for it. I just mm-hmm. didn't fall in love with it the same way. That's right. totally valid. Um, yeah, yeah, the way that the but narrator is uh, almost like sort of mocking or antagonistic toward yeah. the main character at times in that game is yeah. so fun and funny and good. And I feel like if you bring that energy to this project, everyone's going to go nuts. It's going to be so great. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a well, I'm aware of the, of the parallels and I'm okay. interested in it. Nice. Okay. So I have, I did have a topic that I, that I set aside for us to talk about. Okay. I want to hear point. the topic, uh, which is um, talking about video games. Actually, Sick. are you familiar with the principle? a principle of making the the first level last um so no in game development it is a is a commonly held piece of advice that if you make a video game you shouldn't work on the first level at all until you've made the entire rest of the game and then you okay. should go back and make your first level because 90 percent of all the people who play well not the, the first level of a game is the only thing that everyone plays right like, okay that they drop off and so you want to put your best foot forward. You want to have the thing where you know the most and have the most experience and have all of your, like have figured everything out. You want to take the, the, the version of you that has done all of that work. And that's the one that should make the very first part of the game. Got it. So that people can then, they get the best version of it. It also means that they're not starting off on like the worst version of the game that you started with when you didn't know anything. <laughs> right. No, you now work on the, and then, and that makes it easier to flow into the next thing. Okay. Sure. And um, I, I, I think I, I linked it, but like, Looking at podcast numbers, I think the same thing might be true in podcasting, although I understand that that makes product for production reasons. That's a terrible piece of advice to give somebody. Yeah, it's hard to. It's so hard. But I was looking at set that up. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to I'm not going to I'm going to we're going to use breathing space as our example, but I'm going to talk about my first episode, not the first episode. OK, sure. Because uh, because I was number two in the in the production there. But like literally. It goes like we lose from episode one to episode two, we lost like 30% of all listeners. <laughs> and then episode two to once you get to two, people can, tend to stick around a little bit more. But by the time we've gotten four or five episodes down the rank, we've lost another 30% of the original total. And I'm sure that's so pretty like, standard. Oh, and this is yeah. This is not this is not special for us in any way. Mm-hmm. This is just an example of like the logarithmic drop off yeah. of what happens when people start new things. A bunch of them are just going to bounce off. Uh-huh. But I'm thinking about uh, that second episode, Rat Among Falcons, which was the first time I'd written anything seriously in like four or five years. Wow! It was my first time ever editing for like sound design. It was my first time ever directing. And it was the first time that I'd acted in over 10, 15 years. Oh my God. So, and I, and I was, I, me, I had important, I had to be good at all of those things for that particular episode. I was, that was, that was one where I was wearing all the hats. You were wearing I'm thinking every about it hat now. possible and it came out amazing. Like that episode's great. Yeah. And I, but I think about it and I'm like, oh man, especially when I compare it to um, just the end of that season, there was an episode that was produced sort of out of production orders, everything else, which was uh, I walk these hills Mm. was kind of slotted in at the end for, for backstage reasons that don't matter. But because of that, I made that episode after the rest of season one. Mm. And I look back myself at the, at what, how better, how much better a director I was, (laughs) how much better at sound design I was all these things. I'm like, Oh, 
I wish I'd have been able to apply those skills to the first thing that people would hear. Like, oh, sure. It, it's sad to me that, um, not not sad, because Red Among Falcons is, is, is a really, really good episode that yeah. I love people to hear. But I wish I could have made, I wish I had all of that additional knowledge that I had learned from doing the rest of the season for the one that everybody was going to hear at second, episode two. That makes total um, sense. I, and it's one of those things where I don't know how practical this advice would be <laughs> for somebody trying to make a project like this. But it is something that I have been thinking about because, well, yeah, I'm looking at these numbers and I'm like, mm-hmm. man, if you if you want to put your best foot forward, man, you really ought to. If you could possibly make the first episode last, you might really benefit from it. Yeah, like um, literally just start uh, with the second installment record everything mm-hmm. and then go back and hit the first one yeah i am and i i actually have given a version of this advice it's even worse i, I gave worse <laughs> advice to a bunch of people and i still actually stand by this advice for uh-huh. other kinds of podcasts which is so it's the first time ever making a podcast make 10 episodes literally completely all the way through make all make them get them ready to release fully edited listen to them show them to people but mm-hmm. don't put them on the feed then your 11th episode is the first one that you release yeah <laughs> That's probably Which, really good advice. I, 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 again, having started on other projects and stuff like this in the past, I, that is, you learn so much in those first 10 hours of production, you know, oh, yeah, the totally. first 10 hours that you make, you learn so much. Um, I can't imagine being the kind of newbie who could stand to do that. <laughs> you know, no, you want, totally. you want, you want to put it out and have, have the excitement and all that stuff. That's very um, difficult advice to follow, but I think it's probably very exactly. valuable as well. Yeah, yeah, just like, oh, yeah, I want you to th- to do a bunch of work and then throw it away. Mm-hmm. And be like, this was all practice for the yes. actual work that was coming later. And it's not even like, oh, you're a newbie. Mm-hmm. You don't know anything. It's literally like almost every project is like learning how to do it yeah, over again a totally. little bit. There's all there's all bunch of stuff. I mean, like I've done how many how many Library of Curse Knowledge pro- projects are there? Uh, like a dozen. <laughs> Three, four, five, six, uh, depending on how you count it, uh-huh. uh, six or seven uh, projects that are on this feed. And that's not counting breathing space. Uh-huh. So I've been involved in like seven solid things that have been released in various amounts. And every single one of them, I will tell you that like, oh, yeah, no, you learned stuff in that first mm-hmm. in that first production. Totally. And you get better at it and you fix mistakes and things like that. Um, and so I'm thinking about that. I don't know if that is even advice that I will be able to take for... <laughs> for this stuff where I like could I make an entire season of stuff and then go back and make episode one I'm not entirely sure I mean for this project it's short form enough that you feasibly could right if you were gonna Mm -hmm. record and and it sounds like you have in mind to do it with a fairly limited cast so it's not like you're trying to schedule a big slew of actors yeah and record these big numbers so like you could pardon me you could record the entire thing and then either re-record or record for the first time this first episode yeah. if yeah. you wanted to before you start releasing anything. Well, and and on this particular project, I have thought about um, really treating the first episode like a pilot mm-hmm. um, and fully producing a, a, an episode one before the rest of everything even gets – I would like to have it all written okay, before sure. any of the rest of that gets cast or – Wow, okay. Um, uh, the other stuff. And then the idea being that like like many television pilots – once you have the full thing, you go back and you remake the first one as well as part of the full production. Okay, interesting. Um, that's sort of in the back of my mind because of I'm sort of thinking about doing a crowdfund 
raise uh, oh, okay. to raise some money so I can pay people. Oh wow, what a um, concept! I would love. I, I, it's <laughs> one of those things where I want to do this right, and I really want to do it well, uh-huh. and I kind of want to like, you know, that's that's the thing that I. I, I, you know, I've worked on enough hobby projects where nobody made any money mm-hmm. that I'd kind of like to try doing a real version of it and see how that feels and how that works. Sure. And yeah. how much extra effort it is. And you'll probably have to do to some yet. learning on that process too as you go along. Like, yeah. If you haven't done it before, but you have done, uh, yeah, for sure, a significant number of successful long running productions that you can put sort of on your little yeah. about me page on there. Like, hey, yeah. I know what I'm doing when it comes to making a podcast. Yeah, yeah. And I would like to pay well, someone one, to help me make a podcast. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then and I feel comfortable in working with people. One of the things I, I'm not sure about is would it – do I have enough of an audience to make crowdfunding a possibility? That's oh, one of the sure. questions I've never been able to get a straight answer on is that like, you know, I don't have a huge social media reach. If any, if anybody out there knows somebody who knows about social <laughs> me, about crowdfund, like if you've got one of the people that have done that, and uh-huh. I will – I will arrange. I will be happy to talk to them. I would. I will pay them for their services for con- for consulting. Right. If somebody right. knows somebody who can point me in that direction because I'm interested in it. Even if it's just them to go. Yeah. No. You've got like less than five. You've got less than a thousand followers on Twitter. You don't even bother. Like, <laughs> I would. If somebody tells me that, that is valuable information. Yeah. Then you know. Right. Yeah. Like I don't. I won't put my put my hopes on it. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. So that that's my thought, and I'm 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 interested to hear from the audience about like the idea of doing all of that production and then going back um yeah listeners right feel- in we want to hear yeah. your thoughts about that because <laughs> like i really think it could be beneficial but man it would that is a really rough thing to actually pull off i bet uh-huh. well and i bet it would be so worth it if you actually did manage to record yeah. your first episode in last in the production order but yeah. uh, the the struggle of producing the entire rest of the show and then sitting on it while you have to go back yeah. and make the first one that's a bummer. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like, I mean, it's every single project I've worked on, man, the drop off on that episode one yeah. is huge. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. And so to imagine that that's the first time you've ever done anything, you know, and maybe there's like, maybe there's gradations of this kind of advice where maybe it's, you don't do it last, but you do it midway through the season. Yeah, or fifth like that. or like whatever. <laughs> yeah. You get a couple of other ones under your belt, do some other stuff and then start working on mm-hmm. episode one. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's something I've really been considering as both advice for other people and as things, could I, and could I incorporate that for myself? Yeah. Um, well, this is, um, not like related directly to these projects, but on breathing yeah. space, the episode that I directed this season that I wrote and directed this season, we ended up recording mm-hmm. it almost completely in reverse order where we started with the oh, very okay. last scene and yeah, worked yeah. backwards. And it wasn't because it was on purpose we did this. It was because that was how the scheduling happened and when people were available at the same time and whatnot. But like literally this morning, we recorded the first part of the first scene. And this was yeah. the last recording session. And we literally yeah, started yeah. with the final one. So it was like weird to kind of have to walk backwards through the story and through these characters like development. That part yeah, I yeah. think is hard on the actors having to like start at the end and have yeah. a, like a performance that conveys all of this development they haven't really gone through yet because we haven't recorded mm-hmm. the other stuff. So I know they have to do that in TV productions where they just film everything out of order based on when they yeah. can get locations and stuff like that. But I don't know. It just seems uh, more difficult for the actors to have to to do all the mental gymnastics to like skip ahead or back in the character's like timeline. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, the advantage on 
And I, did, did did you guys do a table read? Am, am I remembering no, that correctly? we didn't get Were to you... do one because okay. the scheduling was so wild. I had an actor who, yeah, yeah. bless her, she did an amazing job, but um, she works nights. And so her schedule was like yeah. totally reversed from everybody else's. And we had to like find slots where she would be awake to record with everyone. Yeah. <laughs> so we didn't the, get to do a table the, read. Uh, yeah, yeah. And that's one of the things that makes stuff like television and um, uh movie productions work when they can do stuff yeah. out of order is that they have gone in and done the work ahead of time. Right. It's possible. Maybe, maybe I, maybe I'm, I have a misapprehension. Uh, yeah. So the, you know, professional productions have the luxury of um, they can actually get their people together and just like work it over and figure things out. Yeah, like actually um, practice things. Mm-hmm. Um, although I'm sure there are probably also productions and probably particular stars who are like, no, I'm not showing up for any of that. You <laughs> have my stand in read and then I'm just going to show up for the day. I'm, I'm, I'm sure those people also oh exist. Why would you not want the opportunity to practice? I'm always like kind of bummed and nervous if I don't have the opportunity to like read over stuff beforehand and say everything aloud and make sure I'm not going to trip or stumble or any of that. I am not a, I want to show up on the day and just do it for the first time type of person. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't either, but I'm sure those people exist. Yeah. Um, the thing I can't, that, that I'm still flummoxed by is uh, I've worked on some productions where I just get a script in the email, an email with a script in it. And they're like, Hey, here's the character I want you to do. Here's where you upload the Dropbox. God. And there's just no direction at all. Ah. Um, there's no, there's nothing. I'm not talking to anyone about it at all. Um, and so it's just kind of, and which on the one hand, that does show a quite a, quite a, a good level of confidence that they have in my ability to throw yeah. like, Here you go. You know, yeah, just whatever you turn in, I'm sure will be good, mm-hmm. um, which is great. And I'm, I'm sure for production reasons, that's, that's why they do it. And then, and they produce good stuff. There's, I have, I've listened to the, the, um, the actual results and they're all great. Yeah. But um, the, for me personally, that is such a different way from how I would approach yeah. it on my end. I, I like, I want to be able to work with somebody else so that I can see what they're doing and talk to them about it and right. uh, help craft it. Cause you never, uh, um, as a, as a, as an, I'm, I'm actually be interested to hear your experience directing mm-hmm. um, after the, after having been an actor for a couple of seasons. Yeah. Um, Cause I'm, have you done, I don't think you did theater or anything like that this would be your first time directing for real so yeah i've never done directing outside of breathing space um yeah yeah. i did a little bit of theater as like a child and a teenager like Mm -hmm. actual physical theater but um never as a director and Mm -hmm. it was really interesting because i feel like uh i'm just gonna gas you up now uh you did such a nice job directing me the first time i was on breathing space that i was like oh "Oh, wow i'm really absorbing a lot of useful directing information (laughs) right now uh even if that's sort of not the intent of (laughs) these sessions happy to but uh it was really helpful when i got to the point where i was directing episodes that i wrote to Mm. be like okay well i saw how scott did this or that and it worked really well for me and got the performance that he was looking for and mm-hmm. I could tell where it was like appropriate or not appropriate to ask for more specific things from actors and mm-hmm. where it was yeah, like yeah. reasonable to um, zero in on what I actually wanted and where it was like, you know, what, just do whatever feels natural and we'll let that ride. So yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like, yeah, I was like really at the benefit of having seen a good and experienced director in action before I <laughs> tried to do it myself. I'm, I'm I'm only laughing a little bit because it's the idea that I was experienced is hilarious because it's like I literally I had one season under my belt. Yeah, um, that's way I, more episodes than I had under my belt, which true. was none, zero. Yeah, yeah. No, the um, 
dropping into directing on my end was really weird too. I wasn't expecting to do that. And then it just turned out that we needed people, you know, somebody needs to sit into the session and we didn't have like dedicated people to do it. Okay. I was going to say like in now in the fourth season, we're recording for breathing space. People have the option to be like, Hey, if you're acting in the episode that you wrote and you don't want to direct and act at the same time, do you want to have a sit in director, somebody else on the production team who can help you? And yeah, I don't just, think that is, existed at the beginning, did it? It really didn't. Uh. Um, I, I did have uh, uh, Ash sat in with me on the first session for Rad Among Falcons. Okay. Uh, just to have somebody there. Um, but that being said, I was, I, 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 I would have to go back and check. I'm not going to go back and check, but mm-hmm. I would, I, the, my memory is that I was doing a lot of, still doing a lot of the directing at that time. I was just mostly had somebody else there with me. I wish I'd leaned on that more as I was doing, um, stuff where I was performing they the kind of whenever you see you know whenever you see a mash episode that was written directed and stars Alan Alda I'm always like <laughs> oh, dude you probably could have passed off you could have of not to worn else. three hats one on top of another for those yeah maybe. Um, but that being said the difference between it's also a matter of like what what you're doing in those scenarios mm-hmm. um I, like for example I, I just recorded with Vic the other day and it was just me and Vic mm-hmm. technically I'm directing but like I know Vic well enough yeah. that like a, I'm not going to have to watch him that closely. And right. B, I also know that he'll call me out when I do, when he, like, he's going to give me back feedback that I know yeah. I, and I can trust. Right. So, like, the fact that I didn't have somebody else there with me, not a big deal in that case. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can think back to, to some productions where I had, you know, it was, it was me directing and uh, performing in it. And also I had, like, five people who oh, I hadn't God. worked with before. And I'm like, huh. yeah, I I probably should have had somebody in those cases. It would have just like made your life easier to have somebody backing you up there. And in this, in in most of those cases, I have the luxury of, I, because I, because I was also editing those things, my time is free. And so if I noticed (laughs) in the edit, oh, that line wasn't a good line read from Scott. Well, luckily the voice actor was right there. I'm Scott. I can just just re-record it right now. Exactly. Uh, But yeah, yeah. So the, um, it was it's it's been interesting developing that skill set. It was not something I was ever interested in doing. Um, I now find I quite enjoy working with actors and trying to get the performances out of them. Uh, yeah. and I've gotten good feedback, which makes me feel like I'm doing a good job. Uh, I can tell you you're <laughs> doing a good job. Uh, finding the right language, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Finding finding the right language to uh, to tell people to get the like what you want out of somebody is so interesting. Because I remember I was doing a really bad job of it when I first started. I was. It's a skill. The thing you have I kept saying. Well, yeah, but like I kept saying things like, I want you to be like 20% more angry. And then they're like, <laughs> that's like, uh, patently, that is a terrible thing to tell an actor because it's like, yeah. Um, and it's just about being specific in my cases where it's like, okay, here's the word I need you to emphasize. Here's the cadence, but um, but um, but you know, I, I will mm-hmm. give them the line read and stuff like that, um, which is super help. It w- seems to be what gets me the best results from my actors. I'm sure there are people who would really rankle against my style. But. <laughs> well, and it's it's been interesting having we. I feel like we have spun way off of the actual like projects yeah. we're talking about on this podcast, but it, as That's like okay. making audio dramas in general, yeah. um, it's been very interesting to be directed by a couple of different people now on breathing space mm-hmm. because everyone's direction styles are very different. Like yeah, Ash yeah. is so hands-off. Um, he, yeah. he will have us read it through once, read it through a second time, be like, great. Or like maybe he'll give one note between. He doesn't ever yeah. stop us between takes. Like he'll wait till we get all the way to the end of the section to give yeah. a note and have us like take a line again. But you and I, and because I learned off of you, I think this is probably why we both mm-hmm. do this. But I will do a straight read through 
with all the actors saying all the lines and we don't stop for any reason mm-hmm. and, and unless someone has like a bad stumble or whatever and they want yeah. to take it again but we'll go all the way to the end of the scene and then we'll go through line by line and get clean takes of everything and i will be like super granular and nitpicky about every single thing uh and we'll like i will sometimes have an actor do a line like four or five times if they're like yeah. you know not giving me the whatever it is that i want them to give me yeah but i'm sure that that would be super annoying for a lot of people but my actress has been very very kind about it um overall (laughs) but yeah it's it's one of it's one of those things where and i and i do a little bit more of a mix now at Mm -hmm. least this season i've been i've been doing do it you know again the first is one the table read where you're just kind of reading it through second time maybe some notes and then the third time is usually when i go back and then we get i have to make sure we get it on that third yeah one. like but i want you have to have at least one clean take that the editor can use and not have to stitch yeah, yeah. <laughs> stuff together and, and, and i as a, the reason why i i do the break i make them i make them get it right in the in the actual scene yeah is mostly because editing where i'm like oh if i put takes at the end of a of, like if i if i have mm-hmm. us go back and redo lines at the end of a take editor version of me doesn't remember that and yeah. i then as i'm listening through i'm editing and then i'm like oh wait here's like, like the oh, actual wait, there's takes extra here. Now material I here i didn't remember yeah. that was stapled on to the end yeah 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 so it's just a matter of like it's i mean it's also directorial stuff but it's also a matter of like oh editor me knows mm-hmm. that that's gonna have to be there uh-huh. it has to be it has to be right there otherwise i will not remember your brain will be like well this is all there is oh wait there's extra shit that we forgot about yeah yeah it's 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 definitely interesting ex- being experienced both work you know i i haven't done anything where i wrote it and then didn't edit it i've always edited my own stuff mm. but i have edited people's other episodes that i didn't write right. and so the difference between like being handed here's a bunch of audio that you weren't there for the recording of here, just make it work mm-hmm. versus like stuff that I was there through the whole way through um, is really interesting as well. Yeah. Um, I found that like, at least, and this is just my own bugaboo. Uh, <laughs> I stopped writing any kind of like description of like the sounds that were going to be in any of my scripts oh, because sure. I realized that by the time that I got around to it, I didn't, I wasn't reading my own notes because I also wasn't oh, reading yeah. the other director's notes. I was just putting <laughs> in what sounded right to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's like this is uh we're going vibes based on this one we're just gonna yeah. vibe through it it's, yeah yeah Whatever. if it's important i'm sure that they'll point out that i should have put that noise there uh-huh. but otherwise i'm just gonna go for well, it well i think there were like you know one or two places in the the material that you edited for me that i wrote where i was like mm-hmm. oh can i get xyz type of noise in this yeah. spot like i need a, a banging yeah. clanging noise here or whatever and you're like oh yeah i have perfect banging and clanging noises ready to go <laughs> uh the yeah, since we're just talking general stuff now, possibly my favorite part of all audio drama uh, production is the moment when I get to act sounds along live with audio. Like, <laughs> I, most of the time you're like collecting them from sound libraries or other or, mm-hmm. some, or other things. But sometimes I literally like I put the un, the, the rough cut audio on a MP3 player with my or my phone or whatever. And I have my headphones on and then I have my <laughs> field recorder and I'm in my garage, like as the scene is playing, banging in time on my garage door with a big old <laughs> stick to get the right bangs and stuff. It's so or good. Like, and then later it sounds incredible. It's like it's perfect. It works. Because Scott used the like click track basically <laughs> to bang yeah, on I was, his I was, garage door. Uh, the the funniest version of that was we had a character who's uh, he's got cybernetic wheels instead of legs and so I have my electric lawnmower up on cinder blocks in our garage oh my God. and every time the character's supposed to move I'm just like, <laughs> 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 like I love was, that 
very that kind of thing is so much fun (laughs) that's a joy and a delight and like we are uh, listeners we're so lucky to have scott on breathing space because he does the absolute most when it comes to getting the right types of sounds for whatever type of sound design we need like he is out here in the field with that field recorder (laughs) banging and clanging and (laughs) running his lawnmower (laughs) yeah i've 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 cooked actual food Uh for uh for uh food making sounds Cooked and, and eaten yeah. actual food <laughs> yep yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> for, for authentic mouth noises it's fun i enjoy that part the part yeah. that i don't like is when i'm just like uh pouring through 500 different sound libraries trying to find the electricity noise that isn't realistic it's the one that people think it sounds like instead. yeah what the zapping like noise that, that like yeah the is, uh-huh. that, that noise which isn't how electricity actually sounds but right. it's the thing that we need because the telecoil sound right yeah that's so funny uh, it's a specifically it's actually a jacob's ladder if anybody else is out there oh, looking for the electricity sound the, the thing to look noise. for is a jacob's ladder yeah it's the one that has the two sticks and you see the, the electricity going up it we'll be like oh sure. yeah that's the noise okay the apparently you know. we've yeah yeah that's what movies have trained us to think the electricity sounds like oh even though God. that's yeah that's so funny <laughs> <laughs> i'm learning things about sound design today <laughs> Uh, okay, well, so we've we've definitely had a, a, a lovely, wide ranging conversation to make uh-huh. up for the fact that we didn't actually have anything. Well, we had a couple of little things to talk about, but uh-huh. um, uh, so yeah, we will we'll we'll convene back in a couple of weeks. Um, do you have something that you want to commit to being on your uh, to do list? Um, so uh, my my homework remains the same, which is mm. like write, fill through the. Um, outline mm-hmm. for the second half of the as and west pilot i need to get yeah. that outline from sam and i know sam was super yeah. busy in the past week so whenever yeah, yeah, that gets done then i can do my part of the homework but i'm not super stressed about it again it's the holidays we're gonna it's gonna yeah. be what it is yeah yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna get dive back into uh, uh writing scripts and see if i can get it, i will i will continue to write words hopefully i will mm-hmm. they will be words that i can keep <laughs> one of these times you'll write words and be like oh i like these ones let's use these <laughs> I, I liked the other ones it's just they weren't going in the direction i needed them sure. to go well so. literally sometimes yeah. you you have to write through the whole like conclusion of a possible path to get to the yeah. end and be like this is not where i wanted to go oh. and now yeah, i know the, that the, the number of times that i've taken a 2000 3000 word draft and uh-huh. just been like trash well not trash always save your you save drafts. your drafts always because there's draft. sometimes stuff yeah. you can like pillage from them later on exactly go back in and copy paste yeah. out of them um yeah yeah all right well in that case we will uh, catch y'all audience members in two weeks yeah have uh, have a good holiday everybody all right thank you for joining us for behind the locked doors a library of cursed knowledge production podcast thing i don't know If you are interested in any of these projects, you can head over to library.horse, which will eventually redirect to a webpage once I make it, you know. Uh, If you want to support the podcast, we do have a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash cursed knowledge. See y'all next week. No, wait, see y'all in two weeks.